It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. I think I just realized that my cat is turning into an old man. I walked outside and he's sitting in the grass taking a piss and yelling at the birds. And that just seems like a very old man thing to do. (laughs) Is he meowing, get off my lawn? (laughs) No, he just does this weird (laughs) type cough thingy at the birds. And I don't know, maybe the birds can understand it. I don't think it's like a mating call. I think it's more of like a the fuck out of here kind of call right or why don't you stop flying so high so we can duke it out down here or something like that i don't know what goes on in the mind of a cat but i mean holy crap just yelling away while he's peeing in the grass (laughs) and looking at me at the same time like what do you think i'm gonna do about it i'm not gonna catch the bird and i'm not gonna tell you not to pee in the grass because it's a little it's less for me to change in the litter box (laughs) but anyway uh the cat's turning into an old man do you follow barstool Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anything? Uh, yeah, I know of them. I don't follow them on all platforms. But yeah, on uh, Instagram, I think it is. I think I follow every Barstool account. And Dave Portnoy, the president of Barstool, got a sit-down interview at the White House with Donald Trump. What are they going to discuss? You know, I wish I knew. Maybe the interview's out now and I just haven't seen it yet. But if it's not, I imagine it'll come out this weekend. They're likely going to talk about pizza because that's Portnoy's thing. They're probably going to talk about the coronavirus, I would assume. But other than that, I don't know. But I mean, good on Trump for realizing Barstool's pretty influential. I'm kind of impressed that he actually granted an interview to them because as far as I know, they're not exactly Trump's biggest fans. They don't seem overly political sometimes, but I I have to think that they're not great. Mm -hmm. So um, Barstool, sit down interview with Donald Trump. That's great. Meanwhile, uh, Trump's arch enemy, Dr. Anthony Fauci, <laughs> did you see his opening pitch at the oh Nationals game? Oh, my gosh. Yes, if, I said I... To you, if I said to you, Kat, you're going to throw out the opening pitch at a Jays game, you would practice, I, I assume, would be right? Scott, the moment you said that to me, I would be so nervous I might pee a little bit. Like, yeah. that is my worst nightmare. I would be he... terrible. Would I practice? Maybe. But would it matter? No. I would still, in that heat of the moment... I would, I would, I would screw it up. I'd be the worst. I'd be worse than Fifty Cent and Fauci combined. Fauci's pitch, if you haven't seen it, was really, really bad. If you go to my COVID nineteen update from today on ScottandCat.ca, scan down, and the video is there. I mean, he might have thrown it twenty five, thirty feet in the air. The rest of it was wide and low. Like the catcher was like. Ah, shit. All right, hang on. I got to go get this. I'm trying to make the top infectious disease expert in America during a pandemic look good, and he heaves it all the way out there. Jeez. It was not a good opening pitch, although I really like that guy. Fauci's got a ton of personality. He seems like he's got a good handle on things, and he's just sort of a go-along-to-get-along kind of guy. I don't think he particularly enjoys having conversations with Donald Trump, but he sits there and puts up with it and Mm -hmm. good on him. He's probably saving some lives. So that's fantastic. Um, (laughs) Never, you know, my Facebook is just a juggernaut, really. I'm having an argument at the moment, which I try and not do. I I don't like to argue with people on Facebook because I have come to the realization that, number one, it doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And number two, I'm not going to change anybody's mind. So if I put up a post, I really shouldn't engage with people, but it's starting to piss me off. Longtime listeners, I think, have got an idea of how I tend to lean 
when it comes to daily issues, politics, and things like Mm -hmm. that. I have never, and I repeat never in my life, been accused so much of being a liberal. It is freaking crazy, Kat. Uh, Apparently, I'm a left-wing nut. What? And I'm just propagating all kinds of government propaganda. What uh, what what is it? what post was this on particularly? I only do two posts a day on my Facebook, uh, the Scott and Cat page. I'll put up whatever it is that we're talking about that day. But on mine, I do a weather forecast. I've been doing that for like 15 years, and I put up my daily COVID 19 update. And I always highlight a few stories that people might want to skip to just so that they've got the information. But because I've come out in favor of wearing masks whenever it's not possible to physically distance, and because I'm not shitting all over uh, these bylaws that say we have to wear a mask apparently i'm just some left-wing lunatic Hmm. it's kind of a refreshing change to not be called a right-wing lunatic but it's amazing how one (laughs) issue can totally sway people's opinion of you yeah Uh, this person says i'm into censorship and i'm deleting posts which really isn't true i deleted two posts from one person because he put up three and they were just rambling nonsense and and i said to him you can put up whatever you want in your comment but just keep it to one comment rather than just post after post after post after post which makes it harder for everybody else to read so hello everyone this is our left-wing uh government Justin Trudeau, Bill Morneau, Propaganda Podcast, where we talk about all the things that uh, left-leaning people are into. That's what we do here I on After man. Nine. I find, like, at least in the podcast, we're, we're, we're both very fair. Now, people who are longtime listeners maybe don't know where I sway. That's because it's both ways. you're very secretive about it. Well, you know what? Honestly, I'll tell you the truth. It it, it is both ways. I voted um, liberal. I voted conservative. I voted NDP before. I think once I voted Green Party just because I fucking hated everybody else at the time. Because honestly, I go person to person. I don't necessarily think that all the views are always the same every single time. There's been people in conservative power I've hated. There's been people in conservative power I've loved and vice versa with liberal. So I don't tend to lean one way or the other. I'm more focused on people and their ideas. And that's about it. That's that's the way that I go anyway. And that's the way I see it. One of the things that I think I have uh, matured on a little bit is whereas I used to be uh, very right leaning and I would uh, right leaning on fiscal issues and on law and order, but uh, fairly progressive when it comes to uh, more social issues is now I'm just open to a good idea. You know, if it's just a good idea, I don't care who came up with it. Let's just do it. Right. And and if it's uh, Elizabeth May and the Green Party comes up with a great way that we can mitigate the spread of COVID-19. I want to hear it. I don't care that she's not my political preference. If if Jugmeet Singh does, great. In fact, I actually really kind of like Jugmeet Singh personally and as a politician. I think he's doing a fabulous job. It's very, very refreshing. Uh, when it comes to Justin Trudeau, I don't know why this guy hasn't resigned yet. I certainly don't know why he hasn't fired Bill Morneau yet, although it did occur to me if he fired Bill Morneau for what Bill Morneau did with the Wee scandal, he'd probably have to yeah. fire himself, too, because yeah. it's a, a lot of the same thing. For sure. You're admitting you're admitting certain things when you do that without doing it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So that's why I, I figured that that's not going to happen. He's going to have to be forced out. Oh, and let's make it fair. I should comment on the conservatives at well or as well. Uh, Andrew Shear's got to shut up. He just comes off as a bitter, whiny little guy. I mean, his pred- or his successor is going to be elected in the next couple of weeks, and it's not his job anymore. I don't know why he's bothering. Like Andrew, just shut her down, bud. You can enjoy the summer. You don't have to say much. You've got Pierre Polyev just knocking it out of the park. Andrew, you don't have to take up all the media time. Just shh. 
<laughs> Nobody wants to hear it. Shh. There we go. Um, this came up on our FM radio show. A woman in the area that we broadcast to, she lives in Cambridge, won the Cash for Life lottery. The scratch ticket one. I'll be honest with you. When I go into a gas station or a variety store and they ask me, would you like a lottery ticket? I always get the um, 649 or the Lotto Max. I never think to get scratch tickets because I feel like they don't win. But clearly they do. This woman won $1,000 a week for life. (laughs) How much would that change your life? Four grand a month just for waking up every day. I am so jealous. That's the one I want to win. You know, and of course, don't get me wrong. Obviously, yeah, I would love to win like uh, the Lotto Max 50 million or something. Sure, great. But- the cash for life is one of the one of my go to scratch tickets. It's what I kind of go for when I am there. It's either that or bingo, just because bingo's fun. I usually lose, like I'm usually win three dollars if that. But cash for life, I like to think of all those possibilities, and I'd be the type to take the weekly thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think I would too. I'd take a thousand bucks a week for life, and life is defined as twenty five years, by the way. So. You got a thousand, but let me do the math on that because I haven't done it. Maybe well, people are wondering. Somebody was mentioning in in text, and I don't know the math on it either for sure. But it's it's more money if you do the life version. So if you go twenty five years, a thousand bucks, you're going to get one about one point three million out of it. Whereas it is one point three million. If you take the lump sum, you're getting about six hundred thousand and change. Is that correct? I uh, yeah, something like uh, that. Somebody texted us this morning. It was a fairly small amount. It was like close to 50%. Honestly? I w- like, why would you not go that way? Unless you think you're going to die. Because if I'm not mistaken, so you sign off on that. So let's say you're a 50-year-old person that wins cash for life. Yep. You're signing off on that. You got to be like, eh, am I going to die before this is up? And do I care if I do? Right? If you're an older person, you're going to take the lump sum because you're going to die soon. But if you're young, and that's morbid, I, I, I know it is, but it's true. If you're younger, like if I did it, I'd take the grand. Yeah, I, I, gotta, like, I can hold on for 25 years for sure, I think. So I'll do that. Why uh, wouldn't you, though, if it's a life situation, if you win that cash for life, why wouldn't you just grab like like your kid and say, yeah, it's my kid's ticket. Cause you know, they're going to live for 25 years. You, I mean, well, the way you fucking act, who knows? So why wouldn't you just give it to somebody else who you know is going to live that long? Yeah. It's a, I, uh, I'd give I it mean, to my daughter or my son. Both of them are over 18. They're both legally allowed sure. to buy lottery tickets. And, and can you will it? Or does it end when you die? That's what I'm not sure about. It, I'd it'll love to end know more when you rules. die. It'll, I'm pretty sure I'm, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm pretty certain that it's whoever actually signs off on winning this particular ticket. If you sign that ticket, right? You got to sign it. Don't forget here. Let's not forget. You sign that ticket before you scan it for a reason. In case you're wondering, that's the reason why. Now it is yours. So if you sign your ticket before you even think ahead, if I win this, I should give it to my son. You can't do that if you've already signed it. Huge conflict. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's yours. You've signed it. Before you scan it, you got to do it. To And if you know you won before you, like if you do one of those pre-scanning majiggers and you're like, yeah, I won. Sure. Then you could start to scheme. Then you could go, who do I give this to that I trust because I might die soon. But even then, even then, like then fucking take the lump sum if you don't think you're going to make it. Just take the lump sum because you, maybe you can't trust that person. You think you can. Totally agree with you. I absolutely agree. I, uh, yeah, thinking about those possibilities. There's two though, right? Like there's cash for life and then there's daily grand. Daily yeah. grand, it's a thousand bucks a day. Yes. 30 grand a month just to s- wake up in the morning. 
Yeah. Amazing. That's a good incentive to wake up in the morning. Spend a, did you go out last night and drop 800 bucks on dinner? Okay. I'll get it back tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. I mean, that's a fantastic one to win. In a lot of ways, that's better than winning the Lotto Max or the 649. In my opinion, anyway, I, I just want to win something like shit. You see all these people that win these things. Mm-hmm. And what is it she wants to do here? Oh, actually, this one's pretty ambitious. This person says that with their $1,000 a week, or they're going to use their lump sum, they're going to buy a house, and then the daughter is going to buy a house right near that house. Okay, great. That's awesome. Good for you. Buy some real estate. I'm just sick and tired of old people winning these lotteries and be like, well, I think I'm going to buy some new socks and treat myself to, uh, maybe I'll buy a new sewing machine. Are you kidding (laughs) me? You want a million dollars. Go out and fucking party. I know you. You want to hear about people spending it in hookers and blow. That's what you want. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Hookers, blow, whatever you want. Actually, you know what? We should be honest about that. I've never done cocaine. I have never done cocaine. (laughs) And it came up on the morning show today. Can I tell you why I came? Okay, let me do this story because this was so funny this morning. So we were talking about Johnny Depp's libel suit. For those that don't know, long story short, uh, Johnny is suing a tabloid who called him a wife beater. He didn't like that. But in order to sue and try to win your case, you're going to have to get a lot of people to testify either on your side or against you. Enter Amber Heard. I think most people know he was married to Amber Heard. That was a really, really rocky relationship. Um, She was releasing videos of him or trying to released videos of him being abusive and trying to prove that he was abusive in their divorce. She ended up getting a shit ton of money, by the way, Mm -hmm. out of their divorce. So they are now in court because of this. And Amber Heard's sister took the stand yesterday. It all was because of a photo that was taken in 2013 that I I assume was uh, submitted uh, to the courts, which included Johnny Depp and possibly cocaine was on, in the photo, maybe not, but there was a tampon applicator in the photo. So this is what she says. Amber Heard's sister says, Johnny often used a tampon applicator to snort cocaine. That's why it was there. A tampon applicator yeah. to snort cocaine. Yeah. I don't know what people typically use as... So I've seen the paraphernalia. I've seen the movies where they're doing cocaine. Typically what I see is a razor blade and a mirror and occasionally like a straw. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming the tampon applicator replaces the straw. That's right. And it's a plastic applicator. It's the one that kind of goes on the inside, which I guess you could use. I never thought about it before, but I guess you could use that because it's thin enough that it would work. And then we got text messages from people saying, yeah, it makes sense because there's no static cling on those, which would make the cocaine just shoot right up. Well, fuck, I didn't know that. Yeah, how the fuck would I know that? Yeah. It, what were you trying to do when you discovered a tampon applicator is great for cocaine? Mm-hmm. I don't get that. But I suppose you don't want to waste it. I believe it's expensive stuff. So you, you uh, would like to get every last little morsel of it. So you don't want something where it's going to stick to the insides. So I don't know if you're into cocaine, which it seems like everybody is, by the way. Like, am I seriously the only person in the world who still remembers those commercials? This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs and and doesn't want to do cocaine. You know, I think it all depends on how I, I'm with you. I've never. OK, the very first time I even came close to seeing this stuff, I was at an event. I had a I had a super clean upbringing. I didn't touch anything. Me either. Uh, nobody I knew ha- was on drugs. Until I got to high school, you heard things about people, but it was nobody I associated with. So, uh, you know, fast forward to 
one of my first times partying in Toronto. And I'm talking, this was seven, eight years ago. Okay. I'm at a party. It was, in fact, I won't name names, but it was a, a TV personality. A well-known Toronto TV personality. Oh, I think I know. I've heard some stories. (laughs) So I went to go to the washroom, the women's bathroom, which was just a single bathroom doorknob at this particular club. And I went to go open the door, and there was a guy in it. And I was super confused because I thought, oh, shit. I walked through the wrong door. What an ass, right? Because I had had a couple drinks. That's it. And I look on the sign again, and it most certainly said girls' bathroom. So I look at the guy. I recognize who he is right away. And he's doing the old (laughs) thing with his nose. Yeah. And I look down, and that's when I saw some kind of paraphernalia. I didn't stare long enough because I was embarrassed for him. And I thought, fuck, he's going to be super embarrassed because he probably knows I know who he is. And he's about to exit a women's bathroom after snorting cocaine. And I was kind of just shocked at the whole thing. And he said to me, oh, sorry about that. You know, got to do what you got to do. Got to do it where you can do it or something along those lines. And then he just whizzed right by me and said, have a good one, whatever. And I just went, You didn't even offer you any? What the fuck? I, I, no, thank, I'm sure he, by the look on my face, he probably realized, oh, this chick has no idea. It's fine. Oh I, my God, you're doing drugs. Honestly. So Call that, the cops. So that was my reaction. So I turn around and I run back to the group of people who are all Torontonians, okay? I was with a bunch of people, uh, you know you know them all, and I don't want to name any names here, but I, you know them all. Okay. So I, I walked back up to the group and I went, holy shit, guys, you will not believe what just happened. I can't, and I told them the story and I said, can you believe it? And they all went, oh, is that it? They were like, you've never seen that before? You've never heard of that before? Oh, cat, you small town girl. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Seriously? And, and they were all like, yeah, that's totally normal here. I would like, my mind was blown. That was the first time I'd ever encountered anything like it. I'd heard of people smoking weed when I went to, you know, high school or something, but I, I never touched it. And I, like I said, I never associated with it. It was just such an eye opener for me that this is so commonplace in some cities and some places and in other places, you've got no fucking clue. It's crazy. I don't know where to buy cocaine. I wouldn't know what cocaine looks like. I know roughly what it looks like because people often make the joke. Ah, it's baking powder. Um, so I'm assuming that that's what a bag of cocaine would look like. But I wouldn't even know if you were selling me baking powder or cocaine. I have no idea how it works. But it seems like everybody else does. And everybody seems to know a guy who sells it. Not me. Yeah. I have no fucking clue. In fact, until the Ontario Cannabis Store opened up, I knew maybe one person that sold weed. And apparently, there's more people selling weed than there is selling fucking car insurance. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. And those industry parties, every time since that first time, there was always... And then you learn how to spot them. Okay? And let's be honest. You can spot them pretty easily once you figure them out. Right? Once you figure out, I think they're on something. Right. Uh Then it's pretty easy to spot. And after that, now it's like I'm a pro at at least spotting it. I know nothing about it, but I'm a pro at spotting who's on it. How do you know, though? Is it just a look or is it when they're rubbing their nose or it is an act? It is the the body action. Everybody, I I assume, would react differently. So it's not always the same, but there's certain body actions and and the way people move their body. Uh That's what that's what is a giveaway to me. Interesting. Wow. I, uh, 
I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I'm kind of happy that the, le- the the weed is legalized, and and I tried it once it became legal, and I quite enjoy it. It's great. Um, but the cocaine that just seems like ooh, ooh. That's yeah, the no. scary stuff that mom told no. me about. Ah, I better stay away from that. You know what? And the whole fentanyl thing, I mean, it scares the shit out of me. It really does. When there's things being laced, and who do you, who would you even trust if you wanted to give it a try, right? Because there are a fair amount of people, and I know some, that like, as grown adults, responsible adults think, you know what? I think that would be should be something I try. So they try to do it as safe as possible with their partner. They find a guy. Even then... I trust fucking nobody. I trust nobody that handed me something. Nope, wouldn't do it. Now, what if you owned a lab and you could test that to make sure it had none of the bad stuff in it? Uh, no, I. You know what? I doesn't. It doesn't interest me. It truly doesn't interest me. I think I talk fast enough, and I. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes people probably think I'm on it anyway. So no, I'm good. I'm good. Mushrooms. Ah, uh, there's a tough one, right? Yeah, no. See, I don't do no. It's it's easy for me to say no to that. I don't like the psychedelic anything um, ever. I I smoked weed once and it was too much because it was out of a bong. Oh, yeah, that was the only time I ever did out of a bong, and I obviously took in too much, and it was way too much for me. It was I didn't know where I was or who I was for like a solid hour, and it was a terrible, terrible feeling. I don't like anything like that. I don't want. I know that some people will say, yeah, but it's a different, it's a f- good vibes. And no, I'm, I'm just uninterested. I don't want to be in a totally altered state. I'm, I'm happy with my life as it is. And I feel like that's a really big getaway for some people. And, you know, to each their own. If you need that, if you want that, great. I, I'm good with just being a little tipsy off, so, off some drink, but that's me. Okay. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I will just ask one more question. And maybe somebody can DM us because statistically anecdotally but statistically i have to assume there's somebody listening right now who knows a thing or two about the drugs sure with alcohol for example which i'm fairly well versed in (laughs) (laughs) you're acquainted quite well yeah i have a cooler downstairs with a six-pack on ice (laughs) for as soon as we're done this because the weekend is on yeah i ice it up because i want it cold when i'm done this podcast i'm gonna upload it and i'm just gonna walk out into the backyard because it's a beautiful day and i'm gonna crack a couple of beers and then i'll probably take a nap and then i'm gonna really fucking turn it on This is just the warm-up. It's like the appetizer. I love it. So anyway, but one of the things with me about alcohol is I can be loaded. But if I have to step up, if an emergency happens, God forbid, if if somebody's over and they have a heart attack, I'm pretty sure that no matter how drunk I am, uh, the adrenaline would kick in and I would be able to do the CPR that I've been taught to do. Or I'd be coherent enough to make a good decision. Like, I got to call 911 and I could uh, uh, talk to the operator about the symptoms they're experiencing and deal with that. You step up when you need to, right? With alcohol... You can probably eat a couple of things and take the drunk edge off enough that you can function. I don't know if you can do that with drugs. I don't know if there's any amount of food that you can eat that's going to sober you up, so to speak, enough that you can be coherent if you need to, if shit goes down. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i not even sure I would be that coherent if shit goes down, depending on how drunk I was. So I couldn't <laughs> even imagine on drugs. But hey, that's a good question. And you're right. There's people who will know a hell of a lot more about it than we do. And I would we would accept any DMs and we will always keep you anonymous. Keep that in mind.
It's funny, actually, because just yesterday or Wednesday, somebody was asking us to do another Ask Us Anything. Maybe we should do an Ask Us Anything with the listeners and just ask them about shit we don't understand. That's not (laughs) a bad idea. We could even do that next week at some point. We probably will. We'll put out a ton of questions that we want answered. (laughs) And if you're an expert in that particular shit, you're going to let us know. know. You know, radio does that, right? Radio has the, the terrestrial radio will have their Ask the Expert segment. This is basically it. But we want an R rated version. We want to know about drugs about your fucking three ways and your all that other shit that you do. We want to know information about it. And we feel like you guys would probably be very honest and step forward and you know we'll always keep you confidential. Actually, I do have questions about threesomes. Okay. Okay, then. Sure. I mean, yeah. I've got questions about a lot of shit, to be perfectly honest with you. I've got questions about so many things. We could come up with that. We could come up with just a question segment. And basically, if you, if you were so inclined to answer it, uh, we could do it next week. We could do it uh, Monday if we wanted to. We'll, we'll see. It, Stay tuned. And we'll it'll be it. the Scott and Cat Ask You Anything Ask podcast you anything. special. Yeah, because I'm curious about a couple of things, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, it's Friday. I know people don't necessarily want to spend a ton of time listening to a podcast, so we won't go too much longer. But there's a couple things I'm going to throw out there. You tell me if we need to stop and, and spend any more time on it. Uh, New research from the University of Guelph finds sweet coolers are a gateway to increased alcohol consumption. Uh Basically, no shit. What, you mean to tell me that somebody drank, um, I don't know, a Vex cooler and boom, that introduced them to alcohol? Yeah, of course it did. That's how a lot of people get started. (laughs) Nobody drinks fucking tequila straight or a, a Jack straight up and says... Oh, I'm going to get into harder alcohol from this. You know what the best part about that story is? I'm pretty sure it was the University of Guelph where I was introduced to shitty coolers. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's where I had some of the worst fucking coolers ever, but I drank them quick. They say beverages containing 10% alcohol and 25% corn syrup encourage some rats to drink an amount equivalent to an average adult human, uh, consuming four to five beers in 30 minutes. Although the research didn't measure blood alcohol levels, consuming that much alcohol would cause blood alcohol levels in people to spike to binge drinking amounts. Yeah, no shit. You get a little pink Whitney in you and all of a sudden you want more booze. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Me, I don't have one beer. I almost never have one beer. If I have a beer, there's going to be a second one. And then get ready for the sequel to the first two because there's two more coming soon. (laughs) It happens every time. I know. Well, you just told us about your day. You're pretty much having several warm-up beers before your nap, before you really get things going later. Uh, There is a food drive happening this weekend, and I do want to mention it here in the podcast for any of our listeners that are in Guelph or Waterloo Region or West End of the GTHA. Uh, The Waterloo Region Food Bank is great, and they're loyal listeners to the podcast. So tomorrow they're doing a contactless, touchless food drive. Uh, This is Saturday, the 25th of July at Zares, Conestoga. That's in Waterloo, 9 till noon. It is in support of their Full Bellies Happy Hearts campaign. They're trying to create half a million meals. So if you are so inclined, it is at 555 Davenport Road in Waterloo. Roll up, pop the trunk. They will take the donations out for you, and you're helping out people in the community. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in the Kitchener area... Consider giving to a food bank because it is amazing how many people are using them right now. Yeah. Just nuts how many people have to rely on it because there's still a lot of people that are in a shitty situation. Uh, This from one of the sugar daddy type websites, you know, the ones where you can come up with an arrangement. 
You know, you send like nudes to some old dude and who's married and he'll just send you a lot of money for your tuition or for your, your rent. Yeah, that's right. Is this the same kind of thing where you show up to events with that person and things like that, too? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sure it can be arranged, but I think this one is primarily just looking for companionship. Okay. They asked the question, given the opportunity, would you ever consider sleeping with a guy if he flashed a wad of cash in your face? Let's say you meet somebody from Tinder. You go out, person on Tinder, and then you find out when you get there, this guy's fucking loaded. Holy cow. But you're not that interested. Let's say he's really into you, though, and he does one of those, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe 10 grand could buy you something real nice this weekend if we have a good time together tonight. Do you think most women would take that deal? Or do you think most women, knowing they're not attracted to him, would say, nah, I'm not interested in the 10 grand? I'm going to go most women would say no. You think they would say no? Yeah. I don't know. I think if you're already out there on a date with the person anyway, and there must have been something there because you agreed to meet them in the first place. No. 10 grand maybe lay down some ground rules first you don't think they would do it well no i'm gonna say most wouldn't i'm gonna say most i mean the key here is most i'm gonna say most wouldn't no you're absolutely right most is the answer most would not 67 percent selected the answer you've got to be kidding Uh, uh, 10k is 10k right i mean 10k solves a lot of problems I would think. I thought more people would at least be open to the idea. Eh, you're not attractive. Eh, I don't like your personality, but if I can get ten grand just to put up with you for another hour, uh, I could. I probably could probably do that. Oh, there's something so icky about it. I feel like uh, there's just there's a small population of people who, yeah, might be in a pickle when it comes to money. So they think, yeah, this is a you know, I'm just gonna suck it up. I'm gonna you know deal with this for a little bit because I want that dough. But for the most part, that icky feeling, like ugh, I couldn't imagine. That just sounds fucking gross. The question is, would you consider sleeping with a guy if he flashed a wad of cash in your face? 67% said, you've got to be kidding. No. 15% said, I never have, but I have a secret fantasy about it. That, if you think about it, is a pretty substantial amount of women that have kind of got a fantasy about getting paid for sex. Hmm. 13% said, yeah, why not? Business is business. (laughs) <laughs> is that really business because i know business. what business that is and that business is still technically illegal yeah it's business of an illegal nature i suppose last answer five percent said maybe if i were desperate that's the tough one right mm-hmm. if you actually need that money hmm, i don't like this guy not attracted to this guy, but I need the 10 grand. That's when you've got that tough decision to make. Can I put up with him on top of me for an hour for 10 grand, 20 grand? Oh, maybe you can negotiate. Can you negotiate or is that rude? Is that poor form? (laughs) Sure you can. Hey, business is business, bitch. I'm going to negotiate. I'm going to give you 10 grand for, uh, to have a little fun. You're not that attractive. Make it 20 and we can talk. (laughs) Uh, We mentioned Tinder there a few minutes ago. They are introduced. Well, actually, it's not even clear if they're introducing this feature formally, but there's a page on their website. It is a new feature that we think they might roll out. It's a premium feature. You can, for $18 a month, buy the Platinum Tinder 
And the Platinum Tinder will do two things. It allows you to message someone even if they haven't messaged you Mm. or liked your profile. I don't like that. No, it's getting real spammy at that point, right? Like, the whole point of Tinder was you have to... It's harassment in a lot of ways, people. yeah. I don't see why the uh, the users of Tinder, if this goes forward, will will enjoy this, especially spe- specifically the females, because it is, in most cases, going to be the guys uh, with sending those unwanted messages to the women. And dick pics. It's amazing how many guys think, oh, if I send her a picture of my cock, that'll get her interested. Mm, no, no, that doesn't work for the vast majority. You'd be surprised how many people don't like that, dudes. Uh, it also gives you... A bump up to the top of people's feeds. So whether you match with them or not, whether you have the features or traits that they're looking for or not, when they open up Tinder, yours will be the first profile they see if you're paying that 18 bucks a month. If you matched with a guy or if a guy messaged you on Tinder and you found out that the only reason you matched was because they paid $18 a month, doesn't that kind of make them look... Desperate that you know, they had to pay for a premium subscription? Well, or do you think, good for you, you paid the money, that means you've got an investment into well, trying to see, find this. See, and that's the thing is, it, for the most part, when someone pay, I feel like when someone pays for a service, they're taking it more seriously. And hopefully, if you are the on the receiving end of this person, okay, so this dude, let's say, is going after chicks and he's paying the 18 bucks a month, but he really is serious, I think that he'd be more likely to pay that 18 bucks a month so that he could get to more people and get to know them. But there's going to be the odd, the odd douchey ones that are going to do it because they want to hook up as fast as humanly possible and be able to slide into the DMs of the hot chicks who don't want to match back. It's a creepy... That part is creepy to me. I don't like it. Like, that's what, you know, the Instagram DMs and the other shit is for in your filtered files. It's n- like, if t- for Tinder, I liked the idea of you got both got to be interested in each other based on your profiles and go from there. I agree with you. In fact, if uh, it's funny, you can see a great post on Twitter or Instagram, for example, and you think, oh, this is so cool. And you go to tap it and then you realize it's a sponsored post. And then you're like, no, 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 don't fucking tap it. Then I'm going to get ads for the rest of my life. No. (laughs) See, it's kind of the same thing when you find out they paid to show up in your feed, even if it looks amazing. If they paid to be in your feed, that makes it a little bit different. And I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if I would appreciate that or not. It's an investment. But it could be an investment into finding a relationship or an investment into just getting laid. Either or, that's going to make a, a lot of people kind of weirded out, to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest with yeah, you. sure. Uh, anything else we got to do before the weekend here? Um, no, I think uh, that's about that. But um, we are looking forward to and Ask You Anything podcast at some point next week. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that. Uh, it's National Tequila Day today. If you're listening to this podcast on Friday, July 24th, have it, try it. Get it in you, puke tomorrow, and then you can say you had a good weekend. <laughs> and don't forget, don't forget, though, don't puke too much because Wine and Cheese Day is Saturday, July 25th. And that is what I'm actually I'm having people over tomorrow in my bubble. Um, my uncle, who is a mm, huge wine and cheese guy, like that's his thing. So it actually works out that we're celebrating my husband's birthday and doing definitely a ton of wine and cheese tomorrow. It's perfect. Good. One last thing I want to say before we go. It is stage three in all but Windsor, Essex, Peel region and Toronto across Ontario. Only three regions are not in stage three. But for those that are, 
Please support those businesses that are allowed to reopen. There are so many businesses that have now gone almost halfway through summer closed. There's a lot of people who are going back to work for the very first time this weekend. So not only do we need you to support the businesses wherever possible, we need you to be kind. Keep in mind, some of those people haven't worked since March, particularly in restaurants and hospitality type industries. You don't have to flip out on anybody this weekend or be rude. You could just work with them and be patient and understanding and realize this is a new experience for them just as much as it's a new experience for you. So be kind and support those businesses. And and before anybody else, you can go back a couple of podcasts if you want to hear the original rant that I did on this. Keep in mind, you don't freak out because someone from Toronto, which is still in stage two, goes to a restaurant in, say, uh, Richmond Hill or Woodbridge, where it is open, because you can do indoor dining again. Don't flip out because someone from Toronto came out of there and went to a region that is open in stage three. The whole point of these stages is not to keep people from Toronto in Toronto or people from Peel in Peel. That's not the point. It's not about, oh, fuck, everybody in Peel's infected. We don't want them coming here. That's not what this is. It is still very much about supporting businesses. And if you're from Toronto and you want to go to a restaurant in Woodbridge, go. All I'd ask is that you order well and tip well and be kind. But you're allowed to go. Absolutely. Just if you have symptoms, stay home. Stay home. Well said. Thank you. Be kind. That's the main one. Be good. Be nice. Be good. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will catch you again right back here Monday. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.